The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered cold-filtered, and cold-packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. I'm Clay Link here with Rotowire.com's lead prospect analyst, James Anderson. Great to be talking with you, James, on the eve of Jared Kelnick Day. It sounds like you may not be alone in the tunnel today. Is uh, Baldwin Baldwin with you in the tunnel? Yeah, he's he's hanging out up here. I had to I had to lure him up here with a treat. Otherwise, he was just going to be sitting at the bottom of the stairs whining for the whole podcast. So uh, he's up here now, though, and he's he's hanging out. And those who don't know, Baldwin is your new pup. Congratulations, James. You you mentioned on Twitter he's already too big for right field. Um, but a lot, of, a lot of prospect shine still. <laughs> I mean, he <clears throat> he could he could probably hit enough to profile anywhere, but uh, – He's a big boy. He's he's probably more of a DH guy. Uh, DH play some play some first in a pinch, but he's he's huge. That's awesome. I'm happy for you and the, the entire family because the dog is an addition to the the family, and that's that's fantastic, man. How are you? Uh, you know, besides that great addition to the family. Good man. Uh, nice. It's nice that it's just fun working outside and stuff like that. Uh, it's fun taking him for walks and stuff. I mean, it's nice that we got him in the kind of when it's starting to heat up here rather than in the winter, but um, also just tons of tons of baseball, majors and minors. It's been really fun over the last week or so. 
Absolutely. We talked last week on the Farm Friday show about Trevor Larnick getting the call. Now tomorrow, of course, we have Jared Kelnick Day, which I'm looking forward to. Uh, I actually, you know, a lot of people are probably looking forward to plugging in him into their lineups. I already have, mostly out of necessity. You know, I think in the TGFBI I had Jerickson Profar, who, you know, contract tracing. Um, AL Labor, it was Kelnick versus, you know, four day, four games of Kelnick versus a full week of Brett Gardner. Pretty easy call. Uh, but I'm looking forward to it, man. A little power, a little speed, rest of the way. Do you think he could go, like, 15-10 rest of the way? Jared Kelnick, does that sound about right? Um, I mean, that would be probably on the low end, I think, if he, if he stayed up all year. I have no doubt that the power and speed will play right away. It's just a matter of where the batting average and the OBP settle. But, I mean, he's he's probably a top top 120 player rest of the way, I would say, just given that oh. power and speed. And uh, not, you know, nobody's a lock to hit enough to stay up in their, their first taste of the majors. But, I mean, he's he's been ready for a while. So, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's a ton – of groundbreaking stuff here. I mean, like the only, the only thing really interesting for me is just like, is this the time to sell in dynasty or do you, do you hold, do you sit tight? I mean, that one's a, an interesting um, call, but I mean, he's universally rostered and obviously just you plug him right in. Yeah. He could lose some value once you drive him off the lot, you know, he gets called up, maybe he has a rough week. Um, I've had some people trying to nibble and maybe buy him and redraft in a trade. And I just, no, I've already played. I waited it out. Now it's time to reap the rewards. So looking forward to it. I also, with that same team, I saw an interesting report just a little bit ago from Ryan Divish of the Seattle times. That's the Mariners strongly considering another debut right on the heels of Kelnick on, uh, on Friday. They're considering, Logan Gilbert for that start. So that's kind of interesting. That was, again, the Seattle Times and nothing concrete, but they're strongly considering adding Logan Gilbert on Friday. So maybe the, you know, maybe Kelnick's kicking off this next wave of guys. We'll see. Yeah, this this is kind of exactly when we thought we'd see Gilbert, uh, maybe a little later than we thought we'd see Kelnick, but uh Gilbert should should definitely be rostered if he's out there, and um, yeah, that that would have been the day where I guess Eric Swanson would have pitched. So it makes a ton of sense to slide him right in there, home against Cleveland. That's a pretty nice nice way to to make your pro debut on the mound. And I'm just I'm I'm assuming that that would just kind of bump Swanson to the bullpen. I really don't want to miss uh, our two star week from you say. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I was wondering if that was going to be a two-stepper. By the way, thank you for leading me down the right path with you, say, because I was going to bench him against the Dodgers. Didn't get the win, but 11 Ks, quality start. Love that. Yeah, man. He's, and you, you said you say he's a big game pitcher. He's, he definitely he, rose to the occasion. <laughs> he is. He is. He's uh, – yeah, he's, he's really settled in. Uh, had uh, – kind of a, a couple hiccups there, but, um, 
second double-digit K outing of the year. He's gone six-plus in his last three outings. Uh, I was losing with, a little faith, but, I mean, I was just scared mostly of the the Dodgers start. But he's Dodgers gonna, aren't so scary at the second. No, and and especially against lefties, and he's got a he's got a 079 whip over his last three starts and up over a hundred pitches in that that one yesterday. So yeah, I mean he's uh I think he's he's getting kind of back into that sort of set it and forget it territory, uh at least in fifteen teamers. Yeah, you know, you uh, we were kind of uh, I was kind of pushing for forget maybe it was it was a pavetta i was pushing for you i was pushing for pavetta maybe over kikuchi and you said you know i think we uh we've gotten a lot out of pavetta now let's i feel good about kikuchi he's a big game pitcher as he said <laughs> and actually when you talked talked us into doing that on our team that we managed together i went and did that same roster move kikuchi for pavetta in the fsga league and i love it i don't like i don't want to let uh Pavetta play us, Jane. We're not. We're, we're we're making a power move, showing him who's in control of this team. Yeah, you, you know the the guys that like you don't want to let him do like an Akil Badu for you. Yeah, you give back all that value, right? Like I, I saw someone, um, someone in one of the main events I'm in with with Todd Whitestone uh, dropped Yerman Mercedes this past mm-hmm. weekend. And I think that that was kind of what they were going for. It's just like, look, I got this found money production from this guy that I didn't expect to get anything out of. Now I'm just going to move on. Um, we're, we're not going to do that. Yeah. We're not going to do that with Pavetta, but I mean, you, you got to, I think Pavetta still falls into streamer territory for us. Yeah, and we've gotten so much value out of him. I love the idea of just kind of, yeah, not letting him play us and kind of, Sitting him down because it can't get any better for Nick Pavetta, especially yeah. you know because he's walking a pretty fine line right now. He's pitching over his head, and yeah, I like the idea of you've gotten so much value. Don't give don't give some of that back, uh, James. Yesterday I saw the Rays designated my boy Yoshitomo Sutsugo. I was kind of on Sutsugo mostly on just appealing to authority with that organization. They gave him some money to bring him overseas. DFA though, and I, my initial thought was maybe Wander. Maybe I'm getting Kelnick and Wander on my NL team or AL team, both in the same week. But um, and I saw somebody suggesting maybe it's Vidal Bruhan. Maybe it's neither. But um, do you think it's pretty close between who we see between Bruhan and Franco? Who we see well, first with this one? It was it ended up being uh, Kevin Pablo, right? I mean, I think so. For yeah, that's right. For now, he, he's kind of a an obvious Tutsuga replacement because he plays the exact same positions, has a uh, very similar skill set. Uh, you know, big like three true outcomes type of corner masher. So, um, I mean, don't, I wouldn't sleep on Padlo, especially in AL only leagues, deeper leagues. I mean, the playing time you know might not be there, but uh, he's he's a legitimate prospect in his own right but I, I do think we see if I had to pick Ruhan or Franco who we see first I I think I would go with Bruhan. um you know he's he's the one that's on the 40-man roster uh he's off to a, a hell of a start as well and 
Bruhan's the type of guy where I think you could move him around the diamond a little bit. Uh, Franco can play multiple positions too, but I I think that they might kind of embrace Bruhan playing multiple positions, whereas Franco, they might want to kind of have him zeroed in as, as the shortstop. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think both those guys are, are very valid stashes right now, especially just after that crazy hot starts they're off to. But uh, Franco might, you know, Franco might be the last of these guys at AAA to get the call, just given his age. And, uh, you know, there have been guys sort of ahead of him biding their time as well. Yeah, I hear that. I'm looking forward to getting him up in a few leagues. I was hoping it's scrambling last weekend to see if maybe Franco was available in a few leagues. But, yeah, maybe uh, Vidal Brujan is a guy who should be stashed uh, along with uh, Wander Franco. But I was listening, looking at this. You noted in our outline, Brujan's got a 100% home run per fly ball rate. Is that because he's hitting a lot of ground balls? Like, is that – what um, the hell is that? Well, it's just, you know, he's got, what, what is he got, four homers, five homers in like a week? Uh, so, I mean, it's not, you know, there's just so much noise in all of in all of this. I mean, he's he's not hitting a ton of fly balls. Like, he, he's hitting a ton of line drives and uh, ground balls. I mean, so, yeah, it's I think he's got a fly ball rate under 30%, so – in order to have the four homers and the 545 ISO he has right now, you would need to have a pretty high homer to fly ball, right? Yeah, absolutely. Now, James, I was looking at Corbin Carroll's start for Hillsboro. I think I mentioned on Farm Friday last week that I had seen that he had had a inside the park homer. Um, He's got five extra base hits through seven games. He's batting 435, 552. 913. 913 isn't his OPS. That is his slug. So his OPS is 1465 right now for Corbin Carroll. Um, where do you think he's going to end up on your next update? Is this is this a start that you are buying into from Corbin Carroll? Yeah. You know, I mean, we, I've been high on him for a long time, and um, it – it seems like it's all, it's all happening. Uh, kind of the best case version of, of what, uh, I thought was possible with him. Uh, people slept on his power for a while. I don't think anyone was sleeping on his power anymore. Uh, and he's, he's just got such great barrel control and such a great approach. I mean, he's, he's going to make you throw him something he can, do damage with and and he he doesn't miss very often and obviously the the speed is a is a huge part of the package with him as as much as it is with really and you know of the guys that are in my top 20 right now like cj abrams probably the only guy who can hang with you know maybe maybe jazz chisholm but cj abrams probably the only other guy that can hang with carol from a a pure speed standpoint. So, uh, you know, it, it seems like he'll probably be at high A for you know a few more weeks, but probably spends more time at double A than high A this year. And maybe even gets to triple A before the end of the season. And, uh, I think he, 
he would he would really have to cool off to not climb inside my top 10 on the update at the end of the month. Nice. So look forward to seeing that. Yeah, he's pretty exciting player. Three stolen bases in four attempts so far. Almost as many walks as Ks, six walks, seven Ks. He stole 18 bags in 19 attempts his last uh, you know, full minor league season, his only full minor league season in 2019. Is that what you kind of expect at his peak? Like it could be a 20, 20 stolen base threat. That's that's great. I think I think more than that. Yeah. I think he's because he's such a he's such an OBP monster that he's he's just gonna be on base so often as a and like a table setter um i yeah i mean i think 25 30 might even have some 30 plus seasons mixed in there yeah i didn't i i uh should have looked at the games played because that 18 in 2019 was only 42 games (laughs) that's pretty crazy so he was on a crazy pace that year he's he's a plus plus runner so he's You know there aren't many there aren't many seventy speed guys in the majors who are positives in the other four roto categories, and that's that's the type of ceiling he's got. Nice. Well, as I was last week, I'm watching the Reds as we do the podcast. Uh, they're on the verge of maybe losing this series. It's one to one in the eighth inning. Um, Pirates, not a lot to cheer for, but Nick Gonzalez has looked pretty explosive early on. Um, what's caught your eye in particular with Nick Gonzalez? Well, this is, you know, with all these guys from the 2020 draft, this is really our first, uh, you know, games that are, where we're tracking the, the stats and we're getting the, the full exposure to these guys. And he is looking every bit the, the player that he was when I, when I was, doing my evaluation of him before the draft. I mean, his, his bat is just so, so explosive. Uh, I, I think there were some bad reports out there of people who weren't really buying him as a, as a power threat. And I just think with his bat speed, with just the amount of violence in his the kind of controlled violence in his swing, uh, he just looks really electric to me uh, through the early going and he's at, he's at high a, I don't, I don't think he's going to be at high a uh, all that long. I mean, I, I think he's one of the better hitters at that level right now. And uh, you know, the pirates, that was a, that was a hell of a pick at seven. And if you got him at, at three and your your first year player draft, you're feeling pretty good about that right now. Hey, real quick, let's circle back to the Rays because we had a comment here on StreamYard wondering if uh, Franco and Bruhan forcing the Rays' hand maybe leaves Taylor Walls as a trade ship. That seems like pretty good thinking, pretty good reasoning. Um, pretty nice utility yeah. player, though, Walls. I mean, I think that they – the Rays always have just kind of endless trade ships if they're so inclined, but – you know what, what who are they acquiring right like i mean who who's really moving the needle a ton for a team with this much talent already on the roster they have a they just have a ton of guys coming where do you want to trade for an established player who's going to get in the way of one of these guys i mean i i think walls is too good of a prospect to trade for a reliever so you know are you trading walls and something else for a 
a big time starting pitcher who can take the ball in like game two of a, a playoff series. I, I mean, maybe that's the type of move where you, you part with walls, but all these, these teams with these crazy stacked farm systems that are also really competitive at the big league level, like they don't, they don't view these guys as like, they don't view it like a dynasty roster where it's like, all right, I'm trading the guys that don't really fit into my like best thing. Like they just, they love having this excess of depth where you really can't you know, have enough. Yeah. Like, and, and if somebody like they, they've got some guys that are really underperforming right now. I mean, I don't think any, they, they didn't expect to be getting this little production from like Brandon Lau and Willie Adamas. So, I mean, you're always, you're constantly reminded in this game of just, you can never have enough depth and uh, you don't know which guys are going to break out. Like you don't know which guys are going to have a Randy or 2020 playoffs type of run, like until they get to the majors and, you know, Taylor walls, you know, we, we talk about him a lot as this utility infielder, you know, that, that doesn't, his upside isn't capped at that. I mean, he could be a guy that's a, a positive defensive shortstop and a guy that hits, you know, well above league average, like that, that's in play for him. So, I mean, I think that they would listen on guys like that, uh, especially, I mean, if they trade from their prospect depth, it would make sense for them to trade the guys that are on the 40 man like walls, um, you know, maybe like a Josh Lowe or something like that. Um, but I just, I don't think they're calling other teams and, and chopping Taylor walls. I think it would have to be a, a big impact starting pitcher to really move the needle for them. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, you mentioning Randy Rosarena. I was thinking about the this early part of the season's version of Randy Rosarena. Adolise Garcia and uh you know we got a an outlook for him up on the site. He was not part of the players we wrote up, the twelve hundred plus that we wrote up for the magazine, but I was looking and I didn't actually realize that Adelise Garcia was DFA'd this past February, February of 2021. Every other team passed on Adelise Garcia. He passed through waivers unclaimed. Baseball is a funny sport. These guys can pop up and get hot in a small sample. You just don't know. And uh, like with the Dodgers and a guy like Zach McKinstry, we all kind of thought he was kind of a Taylor Walls ish type, but you never know who can pop. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's a, that's a short window. That's a great call. Like, I mean, McKinstry, 
you know, I think his hit tool probably had always profiled as, as maybe a tad above a guy like Walls, but just a guy that everyone just assumed was this just going to be a bench infielder for them. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. he's performing like a, a no doubt everyday player. So, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to assume a guy's ceiling when he's 24, 25. We have a lot more to get into today, including our latest choices in the hip hop. Well, not necessarily hip hop, but the walk up song draft. Uh, but first let's throw to a word from our sponsors. And we're back now, James. What can you tell me about Angel Martinez? This is not a name I know, but sounds like he's uh, almost a must-add for you in leagues where he's available. Yeah. Dynasty leagues, I should specify. Yeah, uh, Angel Martinez is a middle infielder uh, in Cleveland's organization. Wrote about him last week with the notable assignments. He was part of that kind of wave of middle infielders where they all just kind of got to bump up because of just how much depth Cleveland has at those positions in the lower levels. And Martinez is really up to a great start at low A. Uh, he's a switch hitter. He's got a really good approach. I mean, his, his eye at the plate is kind of what made him stand out in the Dominican summer league back in, what was that? 2019. Um, and he's got he's a he's a good athlete. He's got plus speed, and he's already stolen a couple bases. Uh, but it just it it seems like, and he's I mean he's a got a really good uh, approach at the plate. He he's going to use the whole field. He's going to hit lasers all over the place. Um, so I just I think Martinez is one of those guys where he's he's probably already rostered in your really deep leagues. Um, where, where they're really competitive and guys are paying attention to all these um, notable assignments and stuff like that. But it, I mean, there's probably some leagues where there's maybe 150, 200 prospects rostered where he might still be out there and uh, we'll see how much power he grows into, but he's got that really solid base of the fundamentals, the plus speed, the defensive value, where if he can, if he can unlock some power, um, you know, not, not unlike Vidal Bruhan, uh, who I, you know, it turns out I was too low on Bruhan preseason. I mean, I thought, I thought Bruhan was a guy who would just have been ranked quite a bit higher in another org, but I didn't, I thought he might hit like, you know, be like a 125 WRC plus type of guy at AAA where, you know, you slot him in, you, you could play him multiple positions, but maybe he's never an everyday player for them. Um, but you know, now he's really banging down the door. Um, so I brew on someone I should have had higher. Martinez kind of has that sort of similar skill set where he's, uh, not quite that explosive of an athlete. He's not going to, not going to put up the stolen base numbers that Bruhan did in the lower levels, but, uh, just a really good base of skills. And if, if he is able to unlock that power, I mean, there's a lot to like that. Of course it's on hell Martinez that, should have been obvious. I humble myself with the stupid stuff that comes out of my mouth. Sometimes, but yeah, Angel Martinez, definitely a, a guy to go out and, and check out. You mentioned you're probably too low on Vidal Brujan, James. You kind of suggested that may have been the case, too, with Jesus Sanchez. And I forget who it was. Maybe it was our buddy Chris Welsh saying he's kind of being brought back in to the fold here, maybe buying back in on the hype on uh, Jesus Sanchez. You, you find yourself there, too? 
Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I just, I was, de- I think I was definitely too low on him preseason. Uh, he's someone, you know, Welsh. Welsh was really, really high. I mean, he, I think he had a really good, uh, Grand Theft Auto meme or something, uh, to go with. Oh, that. yeah. Here we go uh, again. But I wanted to dig San up. Andreas, by the way. Grand Theft Auto, yeah, San I mean, Andreas. So the, the three guys I mentioned in the outline that I was too low on coming into the year, they weren't guys that I was always too low on. I just, I didn't have the patience to stick with them. I'm looking back now at Jesus Sanchez's ranking history. Uh, he got as high as 18th overall on the top 400 uh, all the way back in June of 2018. And so that's, mm. That's kind of what Welsh is referring to there. Like, you know, you look at his chart on his prospect page. Um, it It's pretty steady for a bit. And then it just kind of dips and dips. Uh, the Rays sort of, you know, I don't, I don't want to say gave up on him, but they uh, decided that he wasn't going to be a big part of their future and uh, cashed him out. And the, the Marlins, I mean, I, I think is that the Nick Anderson deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah I yeah, think well, so. Um, I think sounds right. Now, you know, the Marlins have a ton of outfielders. Uh, a lot of them at Double A, uh, some at Triple A, some in the big leagues. Um, Sanchez, you know, all these guys. Sanchez, like Monty Harrison, like um, in order to get a legit look, they're going to have to really force the issue. But so far that's what Sanchez is doing. And um, I mean, he, he looks the part when he's connecting. I think my, my worries kind of came from uh, his approach and um, just being, you know, sort of overly aggressive and uh, some pitch recognition issues, but there were, there were going to be dozens of guys in, May and June of this year where we would look at uh, the production and just be like, wow, like didn't, didn't see this coming at all. And maybe I should have seen that a little bit with Sanchez. I mean, we did get to see him last year. He was, he was up for a little bit, uh, made his big league debut. Um, but I, you know, he's, he's been one of the best hitters in all the minors so far. And he's one step away from, from the big leagues and, you know, I can definitely see him getting a look here, uh, maybe in the next month or so. So, uh, Sanchez, I think he's a guy to go grab if you're, you know, there a lot of our listeners just play in such varying formats. People play in like leagues where you only start three outfielders, four outfielders. But once you get to those leagues where you're starting five outfielders, if it's like a 15 team mixer, I mean, it, it gets pretty slim pickings out there if you're trying to fill that fifth spot. And so I think Sanchez, like in, in leagues like that, uh, makes a ton of sense. He's he's not really going to be a big threat on the bases, but uh, he's someone that could hit for average and hit for power, and he'll, he'll probably get a chance here pretty soon. James, the prospect who's kind of back on the upswing right now is Estevan Florial, who was kind of a hot prospect like what, two or three years ago, then lost a lot of shine, but he's already got four homers in just seven games with double A Somerset, three walks, seven uh, Ks. So, you know, he's only hitting 259, but OPS is 11 11. So good symmetry there. But 
Um, a guy we all kind of wrote off. Do you think that was kind of premature? Do you think maybe Esteban Florial now at you know, he's still only 23 years old is finally starting to to figure it out in pro ball? Um, yeah, I mean, it, I wouldn't have said it was premature, like prior to 10 days ago, but, um, and I'm looking at Florial's ranking history. He was ranked back before we even started keeping track of guys history. So it, it doesn't go all the way back on him, but, uh, the furthest back it goes, he was the 24th overall prospect on the top 400. Mm-hmm. So, um, Florial and Jesus Sanchez guys that got really, really high back in the day. And, um, you know, one thing or another, they're, they're slipping, they're falling. I mean, there was a time when I took Florial completely off. I mean, he just, he's looked really, really bad at the plate at times and, and sometimes over prolonged stretches at the same level. And it just didn't seem like he was ever going to figure it out against high A pitching. And, and he had some rough goes in the Arizona Fall League as well with just pitch recognition being really, really poor. Um, but the the other four tools were never in question with uh, Florial. I mean, it was a, just a matter of was he going to hit or not. And, uh, you know, it's it's really early, but. I think, you know, you got to go scoop him up in, in leagues where he's still out there. Uh, you know, you probably, you probably got snatched up most places on Sunday night uh, in leagues where it's weekly fab, but uh, he's, his tools are just so insane that if, if the improvements with the contact, I mean, it's, it's, it's still a big jump. It's been a year for him. I mean, he did, he did uh, get a cup of coffee, just with being on the 40 man last year, but, um, you know, high A to double A is, is still a big jump and, uh, strikeout rate being well under 30%, taking his walks, getting to that power in games. Uh, I don't even think he's still on the base yet, but he's, he's big time burner as well. So, um, it might not work out for Florio. Maybe he gets to triple A and they, they figure him out. Maybe, Maybe they even figure him out at double A and, and this is kind of the peak of his value, but uh, worth just grabbing and kind of seeing what happens right now. Yeah. Another Yankees prospect I would ask you about here in a second, but a real quick note from our friends over at vivid seats, the world is coming back and the NFL season is upon us. I don't know about you, James, but I'm pumped for the regular season schedule release today on May 12th. If you're like me and you're looking to see the action live, then head on over to Vivid Seats, the ultimate go-to source for live events. From the biggest concert and games to the hottest theater and comedy shows, Vivid Seats makes it easy for you to discover your favorite event, find your seat, gain entry, and make new memories. Just download the app, choose your city, and get access to the largest selection of tickets on the games and performances you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, and more. For a limited time, Vivid Seats is giving our listeners 10% off your ticket, up to $30 max. Just use the promo code ROTOWIRE when you check out. Every purchase is backed by its 100% buyer guarantee. You'll even earn cash back with the Vivid Seats reward program. Rewards program. Vivid Seats getting you into the game. James, when uh, our boy Luke Voigt got hurt early in the season, and then I think Jay Bruce was DFA'd pretty early. You wanted to see Chris Gittens 
And now that Luke Foyt's back, praise be to the heavens above. Uh, that's probably pushed down the road, but Chris Gittins sounds like he's striking fear in a lot of uh, minor league pitchers. I, I said this kind of in jest on the outline, but I mean, he, he's the most terrifying hitter at AAA right now. Uh, no, no pitcher wants. I wonder why you say that. Yeah. No, no pitcher wants any piece of Chris Gittins. Um, his, uh, his walk rate is 39% through six games. His, His ISO is 500. And that's obviously a tiny sample, but so he um, must be slugging like a thousand or something. He's slugging nine twenty nine. Oh man! Um, I mean, so Gittens, like Gittens, is a guy who's been on my top four hundred, off my top four hundred, on again, off again over the years. Uh, I've told the story before, but I mean, there was. Uh, a scout way back in the day told me that Gittens had more power than anyone in the Yankees system, including Aaron judge. And, you know, that seems like a crazy thing to say, but he's backed it up with his exit velocities. I mean, he, he hit some just absolutely insane bombs during spring training. Uh, both of his homers this year have been to the opposite field and like his, his opposite field bombs, like they're, for a normal player, these would just be like doubles into the gap between right and center field. Uh, but for him, they they just clear the fence with ease. He's just got ridiculous raw power, and he's twenty seven. That's that's the thing that that's the one number that anyone who's like thinking about picking him up is going to be like, well, I'm not. What am I going to do? Pick up this twenty seven year old guy who's mashing at AAA? Like, of course he's mashing, but. Uh, I I think he's special. I, I think he's a special slugger. Um, sometimes no these guys think... just late bloomers. Sometimes sorry yeah, to cut I mean, you off. Mike Yastrzemski, Jeff McNeil. Like there's there's a guy or two. You know, every, every couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's you're usually going to be right if you just fade every hitter, and that's usually what I do. I usually. I usually just fade all these guys that come up in their 26, 27. Um, Cause you're going to be right more often than you're wrong. But I mean, he, he's on the, I, there are not 10 players playing baseball who have more raw power than Chris Gittins. Now, I don't know whether he's going to get to it in games at the very highest level. And I don't know when he's going to get the opportunity to show that he can get to it. Uh, in games at the very highest level, but I've added him in, in almost all my dynasty leagues uh, over the past month. Um, I just think he's, you know, all it takes is for him to get his kind of like Jesus Aguilar shot with a team where he, you know, maybe he gets traded this year as, you know, maybe he's the prospect that the Yankees give up rather than adding him to the 40 man roster or trading one of their, young blue chip prospects that they recently drafted or something. Maybe they just send Chris Gittins out of town or um, maybe John Carl Stanton lands on the IL for an extended period of time and somebody else is banged up and he gets a shot as the everyday DH or something like that. But I mean, that's never uh, happened before. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, 
you talked about uh, how uh, multiple teams had a shot at Adolis Garcia or every team had a shot at Adolis Garcia. Every team had a shot at Chris Gittins too, because he was unprotected from the rule five draft and he's been unprotected from the rule five draft for a few years now. Uh, he actually, he kind of reminds me um, like he's sort of a, a better version of like Roberto Ramos, who I thought team should have taken in the rule five draft uh, a couple of years ago. Um, and it's obvious why a team's not going to use a rule five pick on a DH first base only type of guy especially if they have anyone already in the org that they like at that, at that spot who's in the big leagues. But I mean, this is a guy that could hit like if he stays at triple a all year, I think his numbers are just going to be insane. And it, it just takes one shot and he's close enough. And like, he's theoretically kind of like right in his prime right now. Um, I just think he's, he's a guy worth grabbing. I know he's, he's old and the, the age next to his name isn't very sexy, but I mean, that's, that's 80 grade power right there with Chris Giddens. You know, I've been totally guilty of that myself, just being ageist when it comes to these prospects, but you know, age versus level is so important. And if you're just crushing at, at age 25, 26, 27, even 28, I just have a tendency to be like, Oh, you know, big deal. But some of these guys do pan out. Like even the guy in New York who's in front of him at first base, Luke Voigt, a late bloomer. So just sometimes takes a while for these guys to, to put it all together. So we'll see. And by the way, earlier at the top of the show, we were mentioning a report from the Seattle Times that Logan Gilbert could be on the heels of Jared Kelnick, could be set to debut um, on Friday. We'll see about that. That'd be perfect for the stake league because I've been stashing. It's been stashing season for Logan Gilbert. We have Friday through Thursday lineup periods, so I could get a two step Gilbert right off Man. the bat. I would be over the moon. You kidding me? It'd be awesome. I saw it in some leagues where you can stash, like in Towers uh, this past weekend. Uh, Alec Manoa was picked up in a few spots. Seems like he's kind of the next next big arm to come. I'd imagine. Uh, I saw they send down Nate Pearson, who really struggled at like five walks and one K or zero K. Uh, I don't know who's taking Pearson's spot right now, but I do think we will see Manoa pretty soon. I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Alec Manoa is better than Anthony K. <laughs> Would you say he's better than Nate Pearson? Well, I'm starting to think. I mean, we. I, I had him ranked ahead of Nate Pearson before it was cool. Um, yeah, that's true. I mean, you know, he's Manoa. I mean, it's it's Manoa is the number one pitching prospect in the game for me. Like, yeah. I, I that's that's, right. that's pretty. I I know that I'm alone probably on that, but to me, it's it's kind of open and shut. Like, I, I don't. It's not a it's not a tough call for me. Interesting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him. And um, it sounds like Mackenzie Gore got into some action recently. But uh, I heard the the line was not not so pretty. Yeah, he gave yeah, up three runs, three runs and five hits and four innings. I just I think he's his command has deserted him, and with that, his confidence is kind of shot too. So, I mean. This is why you don't, you know, and, and the counter to everything we just said about Alec Manoa is maybe now is the perfect time to trade Alec Manoa because, uh, I mean, I never, 
had Gore as high as as everyone else, but you can go down. There's a long list of pitching prospects who have been at one point the number one pitching prospect in the game, and it just that was the time to sell them in dynasty leagues is when they mm-hmm. were the number one pitching prospect in the game. So, pitching uh, prospects will break your heart time and time again. Yep, it's just the way it goes. I was Eric Segrist. I told you Segrist was trying to get Jazz off me, and I just was reluctant. He's trying to get Jazz now and Manoa, and it kind of made some sense, but I was just – I was the worst team in the, the Rotowire Staff Keeper League last year. I'm off to a good start, and I don't really want to accelerate the rebuild too much, oh, just off, I'll based off a hot start. I want to I, – I made an offer, a one-for-one offer for Jazz in Dynasty uh, this past week that got declined. Who was uh, it? I offered Spencer Torkelson straight up for Jazz. Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's one of those where, <clears throat> you know, you're – are you willing to sell high on Jazz and buy low on Torkelson? <clears throat> and it's, it's tough to – it's tough to do that in Dynasty, especially when one of them is at the big leagues. I mean, Jazz is on a rehab assignment now, but – at the big leagues and producing and the other ones at high A and not producing. Um, but I just, I thought it was worth trying and I didn't expect it to work out and it, it did not work out. It just goes to show, you know, how jazz is viewed kind of universally at this stage, even though he's been out for several weeks, but that hot run, man, and that hot spring has really boosted him and the speed of course, boosts him big time in, in Roto. Uh, yeah, I mentioned that I got Kelnick into most of my lineups. I also started him in FSGA over like a full week of Kyle Schwarber just because he's done enough damage, Kyle Schwarber. Um, and I'm last in batting average. So I figured give me four games of Kelnick over uh, six of Schwarber. But to everybody who still has yet to plug in Jared Kelnick, enjoy that. It always feels good to plug in a stash off the bench. Before we get to our hip-hop, I keep saying hip hop. That doesn't have to be hip hop. Before we get to our walk up song draft, James, anything else prospect related that's on your mind today? Uh, no, I just wanted to say that, you know, we're, I'm going to have the update to the dynasty rankings and the prospect rankings. I'm going to try to have those both released. I don't know if it'll be the same day, but it'll be within a day or two of each other at the end of the month. Um, so end of May, beginning of June is when, uh, those will both be updated and it's just going to be, uh, probably my least favorite updates to both of those lists all, all season long is that, that first reactionary one to the, the small samples. I mean, even on the major league side, it's, it's not a big enough sample for me to feel really great about moving guys up or moving guys down based on what's already happened in, in a lot yeah. of cases. But with some guys, it's it's sort of easy. Like you can tell like they did this, this is they're clearly better at this part of the game or whatever. Um, but it's just, it's going to be one of those updates where like four days after I release it, I'm going to be like, man, I should have had that guy like 20 spots lower, or 20 spots higher. And uh, I just got to live with it. It, right now is such a tough time because I find myself just battling recency bias and trying not to overreact to things. Um, so such a long way to go. You know, we still got more than 75% of the season, right? 
it's close to 75% now, but that's still a long ways. And so just keep grinding, keep stashing. Some of these guys will, will help your team. Is it my turn this week, James, to pick first? Comes a walk yeah. Trips? Okay. Well, last week you took a cash money song and I got to say, I was a little jealous. You know, I, I have, I have BG Lil Wayne Juvie on the track, but that was as a feature on an E40 song. Look at me. So, uh, I'm going to have to go with Cash Money Song. And the one that I'm going with will make 13-year-old Clay Link very happy. Bling Bling. I'm going to go with the first few, uh, you know, the first few tracks, first few notes of that track. Probably cut it off, hopefully, before the Birdman verse kicks in. And, in fact, I'd like to maybe just go with the, the uh, instrumental, if I can, officially for the not necessarily for the playlist, but for the walk-up, I just like the uh, instrumental. That's, that's funny. Yeah, mine's going to be the instrumental too. But uh, oh, nice. I see. Well, yeah. I think you should go the other. I think you should try to get multiple songs where the Birdman verse is audible over the stadium speaker, and it could like mess with the opposing pitcher a little bit. <laughs> Throws them off their game. That's yeah. A good point. I hadn't thought about that, but you're, you're playing 4D chess, James. I love this. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I love the first few beats of, of Bling Bling. And by the way, I remember when it first came out, even though Lil Wayne was on the hook, I kind of was like, man, I, I don't, don't like that Lil Wayne has a verse. I want that Turk verse. I was, <laughs> I was a Turk guy. But in the radio edit, they swapped out Turk's verse for Lil Wayne verse, which now is like, you know, classic. Um you know how slow the new Rolls Royce be. Uh, but at the time, I was like, man, they're not giving Turk his, his due credit. I was a big uh, Turk guy. But now I look back and think they probably made the right call. And Birdman was right when he said by the year 2000, Wayne going to tear this game up. So give me bling bling. I actually had, you know, 13, 14, I had a fake diamond Rolex uh, that I got at a mall for like 20 bucks. Word to school thought I was – pretty cool at the time but uh yeah bling bling at least the beat holds up really well especially as a walk-up song nice did you ever get a like a no limit or cash money pendant from like a place in the mall <laughs> i really i think i had one as like a keychain it was like the cash money logo but as a keychain but i didn't get the actual pen i should have i i didn't, couldn't pull that off no, I actually couldn't pull off the fake Rolex either. But I think <laughs> <laughs> and then I traded that fake Rolex for like a Marshall Falk jersey. I was a trader back then, less of a trader now. Man, that's why. Why stop? How How did you not just keep making trades all the way up to having like a big house or something? Yeah, it was like a the red paperclip guy, <laughs> but with a fake fake Rolex. What do you got this week, James? Uh, I'm gonna go with. Hearts of Men by Tupac. Mm. Okay, I actually can't think of that beat off the top of my head, but I'll have to look it up. That's uh, where he's asking Shug for the binoculars, and like he just got out of jail. And uh, okay, yeah, that kind of rings a bell now. Um, I think it's a uh, DJ Quick on the beat. I want to say, and we don't. It doesn't have to be instrumental, but it wouldn't be. If, if it wasn't instrumental, we'd have to go like a minute into the song because he's 
the first minute he's just kind of like hyping up the track and, and just hyping everything up. And, um, so, you know, there's, there's different parts of the song that I think would be great to, to walk up to, but the beat would be great just by itself. Um, one of my, one of my favorite Tupac songs and hadn't, uh, hadn't had a Tupac submission yet. And, um, one of, uh, one of our listeners, was like, when are you guys going to do some Tupac? And I was like, I'll do one on the next next episode. Let's go. Yeah, he fell in our our draft pretty far, Pac. But um, you and I both playing a little chicken on him, and both kind of were like, eh. Pac was never like my top favorite, but I do love some Pac songs, and he's got some absolute bangers for sure. I'll have to look up what that song is. But you're right, you know, you got to consider how the song starts because. You know, I, I like losing weight part two, and I mentioned that, but you can't have him and Joel Santana talking for two minutes. You know, no, you're not going to be you're not going to be in the right frame of mind to to hit a baseball if if you just got some some weak interlude going. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, great stuff today. Anything else on your mind, Ben? Before we sign off, no, man. Nice. Well, thank you all for listening to the Rotowire Prospect Podcast, sponsored by WinBet. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll be on the lookout for top prospects on their way, and we'll talk to you next week on the Rotowire Prospect Podcast. Try Rotowire today, free for 10 days. Get our premium tools, rankings, analysis, and breaking news alerts. No credit card required. Go to rotowire.com forward slash try. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire 
to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.